The earliest texts in the New Testament introduce us to the concept of saints. Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome reads, To all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. His greetings are similar to those in Corinth, Ephesus, and Philippi. Notice what he does not say. To those whose attendance at church is perfect, or to those who have sinned less than the rest of us, or to those who have operationalized their doctrinal understanding of works righteousness. Paul wrote, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. In the context of the Bible, a saint is just another name for a Christian, one who is doing their best to faithfully follow Christ. It is only much, much later that the Catholic Church introduces us to the concept of sainthood for those who properly surmount all the necessary hoops. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a letter as though he were the Apostle Paul, addressing the saints who were American Christians. It is a wonderful read for many reasons, not the least of which is King's interpretation of the things Paul might find both fascinating and horrifying about life in the United States in the 1960s. Spending time with these texts on the saints has me wondering what Paul might say to the saints in Arlington today. I wonder what he might celebrate. I wonder what he might admonish us for. And I wonder how he might encourage us to persevere when it feels hard to keep the faith. From everything I read in Holy Scripture, this is the context in which we are encouraged to think about saints. Saints are simply those among us who are striving to be faithful. Or as the Reverend Anna Matthews said, saints show us what is possible in our own mediocre, mediocre life, corroborating with the grace of God. This understanding of sainthood may be markedly different from that which you are used to, but there are a few reasons why I find it compelling. The biblical foundation being first and foremost. The most obvious reason that you have undoubtedly encountered are the examples of those who have done truly, truly great things and yet remain sinful and broken people. It may be the face of a minister from childhood who taught you to love Jesus whom you later found out stole a great deal of money from the church. It may be the face of a grandfather, whom you innocently adored, only later discovering the truth about his racist, hateful speech and actions. It may be the face of Jean Bonnier, much celebrated founder of L'Arche, a network of global homes that serves adults with institutional and intellectual disabilities, who was later accused of years of misconduct. It may be the face of a neighbor who is painfully pushy about how devout she is, yet whom you constantly overhear belittling her children. Simultaneously reconciling the sinfulness and potential of humanity can be a mind-bending experience. But I don't think we have to put ourselves through that exercise. The whole point of Christianity is that Jesus comes to us where we are. Whatever faraway place we find ourselves in, that is the outer circle to which Jesus demonstrated his willingness to travel. The experiment of Christianity doesn't work without the possibility of grace 
in people's lives. Likewise, sainthood becomes impossible without God's grace as its foundation. Lutheran pastor Nadia Bowles Weber goes a bit further when she writes, Personally, I think knowing the difference between a racist and a saint is kind of important. But when Jesus again and again says things like, The last shall be first and the first shall be last, and the poor are blessed and the rich are cursed, and that prostitutes make great dinner guests, it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder if our need for pure black and white categories is not true religion, but maybe actually a sin. It makes me wonder if our need for categories is not true religion, but maybe actually a sin. Or put another way, you may be familiar with these words from Oscar Wilde. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Meaning the minister from childhood, the racist grandfather, Jean Vanier, and even your neighbor are capable of revealing God's glory. It can also mean that your sainthood is not in jeopardy because you spend too much time on your phone, are slightly overweight, or haven't been quite as diligent about checking on your neighbor who is sick as you wish you had been. Today, of all days, we are confronted with the fact that God sees each of us as a saint, not in the way you've come to understand that term as unattainable, but in the way that Paul uses that term in Holy Scripture. Our corroboration with the Holy Spirit is much more about the potential that is gifted to us in baptism than anything we have done. Our job is not to be someone else or to mimic the holiness we see in others. Our job is to be a saint in the circumstance in which we find ourselves. The gospel text we have this morning gives us Luke's version of the Beatitudes, blessings, and woes. It is one of two texts that is read every year at the celebration of all saints. And I want to suggest that it's instructive not because it's aspirational or prescriptive. Instead, it seems to me that it is a helpful reminder that Jesus blesses you just as you are. Nadia Bowles Weber asks this question in her book, Accidental Saints. What if the Beatitudes aren't about a list of conditions we should try to meet to be blessed? What if they are not virtues we should aspire to? What if Jesus saying, blessed are the meek, is not instructive but performative? That the pronouncement of a blessing is actually what confers the blessing itself? Maybe the Sermon on the Mount is all about Jesus' lavish blessings of the people all around him on that hillside, blessing all of the accidental saints in this world, especially, especially those who that world, like ours, didn't seem to have much time for. People in pain, people who work for peace instead of profit, people who exercise mercy instead of vengeance. Maybe... Jesus was simply blessing the ones around him that day who didn't otherwise receive blessing, who had come to believe that for them, blessings would never be in the cards. What if these blessings are not instructive, but performative? Kate Bowler is an author and a professor at Duke Divinity School who was diagnosed with stage four cancer in her 30s. 
She is currently cancer-free, but still experiences a host of physical challenges. In addition to her research and teaching, she's written a memoir and hosts a podcast, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved. Ironically, her research prior to being diagnosed with cancer was on the history of the prosperity gospel movement. The juxtaposition between a gospel grounded in prosperity and the hard reality that is cancer is stark, to say the least. Kate is not shy about poking a hole through sayings she doesn't find have any merit in scripture, like everything happens for a reason. I would highly recommend Kate's work to anyone. But I bring her up this morning because one of the small things she does that completely changes the course of my, there's one small thing she does that completely changes the course of my day. Kate writes the most beautiful blessings for the most unexpected and ordinary circumstances. A few recent ones, a blessing for when things don't make any sense, a blessing when you have to learn to say no, a blessing for when you want to belong, a blessing for when love makes us afraid, a blessing when you need a little motivation to change, a blessing for when faith breaks your heart. They are beautiful and unexpected and speak to some of the hardest things in life. Kate does an extraordinary job of offering lavish blessings for daily life in what I can only describe as the same spirit of Jesus' blessings on the hillside. This morning, I want to challenge you not to wonder about who is worthy of sainthood, but who you might have the opportunity to bless as you walk throughout your day. Who are the accidental saints? The ones who are overlooked, who could use a reminder that they are deeply and mercifully blessed. Perhaps this is the work of the saints of God, the work that is meant for you and for me, to lavishly bless those who imagine blessings were not meant for them. Amen. Amen.